And welcome to the Druck Report, a.k.a. the podcast on HometownHeadlines.com. This is John Druckermiller with HometownHeadlines.com. Thanking you for joining us today. As always, we're coming to you from the studios of Brand Red for Bale Street. Once again, Todd Labarge doing a great job producing this. Great guest in here, ripped right from the headlines, and I'm not trying to be dramatic saying that. We are joined right now by Aaron Hernandez, who is the executive vice president, soon to be president, of the Northwest Georgia Regional Cancer Coalition. Aaron, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. As always, you have been a great contributor. Back when we did some antique thing called radio, you, you, you're right. fab. So glad to have you here. Now we're doing a podcast as well. And you know, before we get rolling on this stuff, and of course, this is probably the point they say, "Well, gosh, now he's going to be gratuitous to the guest." Yeah, but maybe so. But we're going to talk about vaping, and not just vaping. Let me just say this, folks: you were the first one to raise the red flag on this at least four years ago, if not more. Absolutely. And we get that question from a lot of people, you know, why vaping? You know, we know tobacco, the things that cause cancer in tobacco are, you know, the carcinogens, the things that are located in the cigarettes, which are not in, as we know of now, in um, vaping devices, I mean, the e-juices. Um, but for us, it's, you know, it is still that unknown. We really don't know where it's going to take us. Um, there are things that have been found um, in e-juices that can, you know, contribute to long-term health effects, um, including cancer. So for us, that's, you know, number one big point. The number two big point, I think, is that um, students truly are um, more susceptible to becoming smokers um, and starting tobacco. They're about four times as likely um, to be in smoking um, if, if they're already vaping. So we do know that, maybe not in high school, but um, certainly um, as they go on to college, go on to a little bit you know, um, further in life, they, they are more susceptible to substance abuse of other, um, or addiction to other abuse excuse me, addiction to other substances. So um, that's why it's really important to us at the Cancer Coalition, and we have been talking about it for a long time. Um, while we hate to see all these news stories, um, at the same time, it helps us with um, kind of our awareness campaign as well. Well, the news stories have been mounting up in recent days, recent weeks. I mean, you know, the dangers of vaping, the uh, serious illnesses, the, I mean, nationwide, you're reading these headlines, not just from Georgia, but you're reading it from Midwest, Northeast, West Coast, now the first death I Correct. believe directly tied to vaping as well. That was, again, What where was that case at? That was in Illinois. Okay. So just in the last week, um, the CDC announced that they are investigating 153 cases of severe lung disease that they think are is related to vaping. Um, so there's some discussion about were these, you know, THC lace, where they think products that students were using that also had THC in them. Um, that's all maybe well and good, could possibly be, but the biggest issue and I think the biggest point here is that anything that you purchase in any store any vape you know e-juice um, we don't it's not FDA regulated no one is monitoring what is in those e-juices so it you could be picking up anything off the shelf and you really don't know what's in it so I think that is the biggest point whether it had THC in it or not um, still we don't know if they are not FDA regulated the devices themselves are FDA re- regulated because if you'll remember we had the combustibles we had things that were exploding we kind of oh, yeah. had that early on um, it's kind of a, a, an early danger but I um, mean they kind of got that taken care of started regulating that but they're not regulating the e-juices um there's also um the Food and Drug Administration, um, back in, I think, March or April, they announced that they were also investigating 127 cases of seizures um, and neurological problems related to vaping. So we have both the pulmonary function side of things and the neurological side of vaping that's being investigated by two different government agencies. That's what gets me. This thing, that you know, seemed to pop up. I mean, there's stores everywhere, and I'm not commenting on someone, you know, right to have his or her own enterprise as part of the government, I guess. But how do, okay, if you're going to, if you're going to, 
have all the regulations tied to the vaping device. But it's like saying, okay, we're going to regulate the, the stuff that surrounds a cigarette, but we're not going to worry about tobacco. I don't understand why they're not into the substance as well. Sure. I think it was, that's just what was happening at the time. Again, um, there wasn't any science at that point to say, this is bad. This is what's happening. Um, that was just kind of, you know, it was reactive instead of proactive, um, as many things are. It was just reactive to the, the headlines that we were seeing. Um, and it's a huge problem. I mean, article after article will just tell you, we our science is not caught up with this epidemic. We've got to figure out what's going on um, to make it better. Um, I very, very, very scary. Um, was reading an article just this week about how to help teens quit. Um, we just don't have a lot of resources for that. Um, toward the end, I'll share some resources that parents Good. and students can use. Um, but you know, they're they're not old enough to take Chantix. It's not indicated for them. Of course, antidepressants. We don't, you know, that some people use that to quit smoking or quit their nicotine addiction. Um, we don't really want to do that. Um, nicotine replacement is not available over the counter for for teens um, under 18 years of age. Um, parents can purchase it. It can be prescribed by physicians. However, um, they don't think that the nicotine um, content in nicotine replacement is necessarily high enough to be effective to help teens quit vaping. That's very scary. Yeah, it's caught on a catch-22 there. Let's back up real quick and talk about vaping itself. There are people who are listening out there who are, who've, who've seen people doing it. Right. Uh, I've had people walk into uh, radio studios before vaping, kind of like, you know, I got to smoke out. You're like, but quit doing that. Oh, don't worry. It's not, you know, you're not going to smell it. And I didn't, but still, it's kind of like creepy. Um, but I heard a lot of parents saying, well, gosh, you know, it's just something these millennials are doing to be cool. Well, I got to tell you, my mom and dad both smoked in the World War II era because it was cool back then. Right. Um, thank God I never got, I, I tried a cigarette once or twice. I'm like, eh, it's not my thing. And, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. know I had a smoke allergy then, but I mean, that's just me. Uh, believe me, I got plenty of other addictions and most of them are sold at restaurants. <laughs> but still, you think, okay, why are these kids jumping at the, you know, jumping into this stuff? But more and more we're seeing, you know, especially the young, the younger, you know, I'm not going to, I hate that, you know, blank, everybody millennial. What's the appeal to the teens? What what is what is drawing this in? And is there a social aspect, i.e., you know, why aren't you vaping kind of thing? Right. Absolutely. So just a couple of statistics. Um, the um, National Youth Survey um, that they, they complete every couple of years, the, the most recent data we have right now is from 2017. Um, it shows between 2017 and 18, um, there was um, a 78% increase of vaping among high school students. So right now, currently about one in five high school students are vaping. There was a 47% increase among middle schools, um, middle school students. So about one in 10 middle school students are vaping. Um, we recently did um, a, a talk about vaping to some middle schoolers up in Rossville. And it was interesting when we first started talking about it, you know, we were kind of the, the um, you know, that these people from public health coming in, you know, talking about it. they didn't really want to talk about it. But then they start opening up and we asked them to raise their hands how many of their parents are vaping. I would say 90% of those students raised their hands. Their parents are their vaping. Parents. And they were so proud of their parents for quitting smoking, and now they were vaping. And, you know, while we also applaud their parents for not smoking anymore, you know, we've also created this culture that vaping is okay. Because adults are just like, oh, it's great. It's, you know, it's not smoking. It doesn't have all these carcinogens. Well, it does. Um, mm. Again, that information, that education is just now starting to kind of come out a little bit. But um, so we have this, it's... There are parents that think it's okay. There are adults that think it's perfectly okay. You know, smoking for a long time, even if you are a smoker, you know it's not healthy for you. But we are not to that point yet with the vaping, and I think that's one of our big problems. Um, 
And then another thing is it's really easy for students to access vaping devices. Um, they find them at school. People give them to them. They are able to purchase them. They're really inexpensive. Um, one, like a four-pack of the Jewel Pods is $20. So it's about twenty dollars a more week. Than smoking. Yeah. Yeah. It's about twenty dollars a week to smoke. But to an adolescent, I mean, my kids asking me for twenty dollars every weekend to go, you know, downtown and eat dinner and do different things with friends. So you know, and he pockets the change. He never brings me change. Oh no, you know, no he collects it, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that um, you know, kids kids have you know access to that. The other thing is, it's really easy to hide from parents. School personnel, you know, they put it in their backpacks. I mean, that's the, you know, I've won the college now, but one's still at the high school and their stories, they come in and they say, you know, people, as soon as the teachers turn and turn back to the smart board to, you know, work out a problem on the board or something or explain something, the kids are reaching down their backpack and they're huffing out of their backpack. Time, time out here. So, I mean, you can va- you can bring your vaping equipment to school? Uh, you're not supposed to, but they do. <laughs> and that is why and schools are really taking this seriously i mean i have to give kudos to just about everybody in the region is now starting to to reach out to us we had a task force meeting with darlington um with the background check agency that they use um just we we are starting to have these discussions we've had a large discussion with rome city about what we're going to do how we're going to address this it's not um a one-stop shop it's not somebody coming in and doing assembly it is education about what's happening is education about how you're basically being bamboozled by these companies because they are promoting marketing i mean directly to you as a student um it's just um, we've got to educate our faculty and staff so they know what to look for to educate our parents um it's 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 a big problem well it's our mom and dad at home i think it's all and i I understand there's a lot of families that are not the traditional nuclear family I, i get all that but still, I mean, what lessons do you tell your kids? If you're sitting there, okay, and yeah, I applaud you. My parents both quit cold turkey you know, when the government health study came back in, what, 63. Um, both of them kind of said that was it for them. And, of course, unfortunately, both did die of cancer, breast and prostate cancer. Uh, and was it tied to smoking? Who knows? I mean, I, I'm right. sure it's a contributing thing out there. But your moms and dads are kind of saying, okay, we're going to switch over to vaping now. And yet these stats keep you. If they're worried about cigarettes, you keep seeing these stats and these stories and on TV and everywhere else. I'd be scared to death. Absolutely. Well, and I think that a lot of people really did think it was going to help them quit smoking. Um, and maybe they, they maybe they have quit smoking and now they're vaping. Um, there was one study um, that kind of looked at which was more beneficial, like nicotine replacement therapy or e-cigarettes to help people quit smoking. Well, there was an 18% in quit rate among those who were using e-cigarettes. There was a 10% quit rate in those who were using um, nicotine replacement. However, those same 80 people in that study, one year later, there was a higher rate of those who have returned to smoking, those who are using e-cigarettes. And part of that is because they were juuling and they were using some of these fun things. And there's such a higher um, content of nicotine in those products that they were never really, you know, they were never quit from their nicotine addiction. They were just quit from the act of smoking cigarettes. So, you know, it's not a long-term solution. Um, It really just compounds your problem, I think. Well, and you listen to radio nowadays, and you hear people like Sean Hannity, you know, on a commercial pitching, oh, the benefits of Juul. I was a cigar smoker, and, you know, I started using Juul, and then you start reading these stories like, wait a minute, that's not a much better for you. So interesting thing. What is thing. Juul? What is Juul? All right, so Juul is just one type of device, but it is very, very common among students and, and um, adolescents. And 
Jewel was actually slapped on the wrist about a year ago um, by the FDA and said, you know, please, you're, you're, you, with your marketing techniques, your campaigns, you know, what you're doing is you're really tar- targeting adolescents. We're going to keep you from selling this at all if you don't change your ways. And so what they have, so now they have this big campaign against adolescents and they're starting to market more to adults, which is why I think you see people like Sean Hannity doing these commercials because they are trying to make it more of an adult product instead of a student. Now, again, that is the perception. Gotcha. Um, and we know that those products are still out there. Um, and I have to say, I got a good education. I went out to Vaporcraft and um, I wasn't really sure the reception I would get when I walked in and said, hey, I'm from the Cancer Coalition. I mean, we, you know, we heard a breathe easy, Rome. Did you bring so, backup? Do I? Did you bring backup? No, I went no, all by myself. Be- I did it all by myself. I did not go down to a downtown shop. Um, <laughs> but I was not sure of how my reception would be. They were fabulous. They gave me an education. Um, they showed me different devices. They showed me how easy they were to use. They showed me which ones were refillable and which ones were not. Um, they told me about the pricing. They told me how kids are accessing it. I had lots of questions about um, things called dabbing, which is actually where they take um, a THC rosin um, and actually um, you have to get it from a dealer. I mean, they add fluid to that that can be um, put in your your jewel pod or a device, a refillable device. Oh, um, he showed me which ones are being used for that because they can hide it down inside the device. Now, a dealer, you're talking about? Yeah, I'm talking sales. about a marijuana dealer, yeah, okay. so they can use for the dabbing. Um, but they were just, you know, they even gave me products and old boxes that are like, you know, these are really appealing to kids. This is why kids are doing this, you know. And they gave me, you know, half empty bottles of things, so I would have, you know, show and tell items when I go out. So they were really great. I mean, they are really committed. To making sure that um, only the people who are old enough to make decisions for themselves and, mm-hmm. and educate themselves are the ones that are vaping. So um, I really appreciate their time for that. But um, yeah, until we kind of, we, we're, we are definitely in prevention mode because um, this train, it has, ex- it has left the station and we are struggling to keep up. We are struggling to make sure that we get kids quit. And that's a big thing for parents. And, you know, I'm hoping that we get to talk about that today, but you know, how to recognize it. Um, it is not as easy as just taking away the devices. Your kids are addicted. If you find it and they're doing it, they're already addicted. Wow. We are talking to Aaron Hernandez about the dangers of vaping. We'll do more of that after this break. This is the Drug Report, a.k.a. Hometown Headlines podcast. We'll be back after this. Hometownheadlines.com. I'm Ryan Simmons, creative director at Brand Red. We're honored to sponsor today's episode. If you're looking to grow your business, we help companies just like yours reach new customers. Contact us by visiting our website at brandredstudios.com or emailing us at info at brandredstudios.com. And welcome back to the Druck Report, the podcast from hometownheadlines.com. John Druckermill with you again. As always, coming to you from the studios of Brand Red on Bale Street, Todd LaBarge producing. Appreciate that today. Also appreciate having Aaron Hernandez here from the Northwest Georgia Regional Cancer Coalition, Madam Executive Vice President, talking about vaping. It has made huge headlines. Again, Aaron's been preaching this now for, I want to say, four years, mm-hmm, maybe longer than that. Uh, during the break, we're talking about a couple of things off here. We're going to bring on back on air right now. Number one is the age limit issue. I mean, right now, there's supposed to be 
and right. there could be some changes. Right. So right now the age limit is 18, um, but um, I believe in January it's supposed to it, it's supposed to go up to 21, at least in some parts of the state. So um, in Georgia, I feel like it's going to be um, very proactive. Um, Senator Chuck Hustetler has been very proactive whenever he talks to us at the pre-legislative and post-legislative breakfast. It always comes up, and he's he's a big proponent of that. Um, in some areas of the country, they're looking at um, raising the tax on um, vaping paraphernalia, e-cigarettes, e-juices, that kind of thing. Um, it's a great way for revenue for the state and to curb a little bit of the purchasing power of adolescents. So I think all of those things would be great ideas. Yeah. I think we're definitely looking at a multi-pronged approach to this fight. Chuck sure. has had some good ideas dealing with smoking as well. I wish some of them get some of those and some wonderful things that are brought before the General Assembly. Unfortunately, the tobacco lobby, and yes, you can call and tell them I'm talking bad about them, I've uh, been too strong, and they've uh, turned back some of these great things. Chuck had a great system, great formula proposed that I think would have funded so much more cancer research and care, not covered right now by any form of, you know, whatever. Uh, knock on wood, maybe that'll go forward. This will sound like something I'm sure he'll champion as well. We keep seeing this pop up. We're talking about some of the health issues here. You were talking about the, I guess, the young man or the person who got, you know, a, a younger person addicted and they go into his lungs and they're pumping out green stuff right so an important thing for people to understand about vaping um, is it's not a vapor it is an aerosol I mean that's an important distinction because when you inhale um, these chemicals it is not like it just evaporates and it goes away they are actually aerosol actually has particulates in it so all these things are landing on your lungs um, Interestingly enough, when we go out to schools and we talk to students, and they are interested to hear that, you know, if a parent or they're vaping around, you know, in their household, these chemicals are landing on the sofa, they're landing on backpacks, and they're even landing on their beloved pets. And that's the thing that seems to um, fluffy, concern no. them the most, that Fluffy might be actually vaping um, secondhand. So, um, it, but that is an important distinction because um, a lot of the chemicals that are found may have been um, tested for safety, for digestion, um, all those like the chemicals that you found in the different flavorings, but they have not been tested for safety um, for inhalation. And that is a huge distinction. And that is where we're seeing some of these problems um, and why the CDC and FDA and others are starting to look into it. So. Yes, the, the pulmonary issues are they're seeing blockages in the pulmonary, um, as we were talking kind of um, off air a second ago. Um, in one of just the chat rooms, the, the the group forums that I follow on Facebook, a mom was saying that um, when her son's friend, you know, recently had just, you know, regular surgery. I think he had his tonsils out or something, but he had a tube down his throat. And once they removed it, you know, he was having trouble reinflating his lungs and, you know, breathing on his own again. And um once they got to looking, you know, his lungs were just full of just goo and he, he was vaping. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a real problem. But that's, that is an important distinction is it's not a vapor. It is an aerosol. And those things are, are staying with you. Um, just some things that um, I think, too, are important is a lot of times students, they are adolescents. They, they may not really know what they're vaping. They may think it's harmless. I mean, 25 percent of students report that the juices that they're vaping don't have any nicotine in them. However, we know that. I mean, 99% of these e-juices have nicotine in them, even when they don't say it on the package. So um, once the testing is being done, they're finding that it does actually have nicotine. So that's an important thing for parents to understand that, you know, maybe their, their adolescent does think that that is the case, but it is not. And other thing I would encourage parents to understand is, um, and we kind of mentioned earlier, but just taking away these devices, if you find them that your student has them or you're hearing that your student is vaping, it isn't enough. It's not um, It's not going to stop the behavior. Um, they probably are truly addicted. And it's like, you know, even at my house, you know, the first time something happens, you may yell, you scream, you know, it kind of goes in one ear or the out the other. Not you. 
not me, but you know, it, I think if you're fine, it's really important that you sit down and you have family discussion about how we're going to do it because these kids are addicted and they need more resources sure. than just, just taking it away and expecting them to go, tur- go, go cold turkey. I just don't think that's effective. Um, if you're a parent or even a teacher, a counselor, uh, something going on at school, these are some things you can look for. Um, anecdotally, um, I've had a couple of school administrators say, you know, we've had these kids all year. Um, they were, they did great, you know, no behavior issues. You know, we know that maybe their home life isn't so great, but they, they're really getting along with teachers, you know, whatever, everything's fine. And then all of a sudden they're starting to get into fights at the end of the school, like, you know, on the bus ramp or before they hop on the bus to go back to, you know, to their area of the community. And they're like, you know, what's going on? It turns out these kids had started vaping. And they were hitting that withdrawal period toward the end of the school day. Oh, wow. And we're starting to have problems once they really got into digging into, you know, why is this happening? We've, you know, you're a great kid, you had, you know, good grades, things are starting to slip. And that's what was going on. They were actually stealing it from staff members where they lived. Um, so that's a very interesting Jeez. story. Um, but so if you are a parent or school personnel and you start to see some changes, um, things you can look for. Um, Increased irritability and mood swings, and that is simply due to the nicotine addiction. Um, disappearing money, again, you know, I know that's kind of hard to tell because, like I said, I don't get change. Um, <laughs> but um, just, you know, your kid all of a sudden doesn't have money when you said they buy other things for themselves. You know they've earned money, but you don't seem to see it. Um, increased thirst. Um, vaping actually causes kind of a dry palate. So if they're starting to drink more, they're going to the bathroom more because they're drinking more, that might be something um, to look for. Um, it also decreases their sense of taste. So uh, maybe increased desire for really, really salty foods or really, really spicy foods could be an indication of vaping. Um, and the increased secrecy, you know, just not wanting to tell you, you know, where they're going, who they're hanging out with, mm-hmm. um, what they're doing in their room, closing that door, or maybe that sweet scent that you may kind of find hovering. You might, you might have thought it was the Skittles your kid used to eat, but maybe, you know kind of look at that and maybe is it something else? And then, of course, finding, you know, different unrecognizable pieces of paraphernalia paraphernalia that might actually look like um, a USB or a piece to a computer. I mean, some yep. people have told us stories just in this community alone, you know, faculty and staff from colleges and high schools said, yeah, we had this USB that we thought, you know, was a USB we found in the parking lot. We put it in lost and found. It was there two months before we figured out what it was. Another colleague so it of mine. A, a device. Yeah, <laughs> was, we had a, um, a friend out at um, Georgia Highlands. She was a dean. She picked something up. She took it to her technology department. It's like, I know somebody's going to want this. You know, they're going to come back and get it. They're like, oh, ma'am, sorry, that's not a USB. That's, you know, that's a vaping device. And so it is amazing how these things are being concealed, what they look like. I posted a video yesterday that one that looked like an Apple Watch. You know, they could pick off the face and it, you know, had a vaping device. Um, it, it's just they are coming all kinds of colors. All kinds of look, feel. they look that like toys, so they look bizarre. like pins. It is bizarre. It is well, really bizarre. and it's just the chain, I guess it is. I mean, like you said, they want to get these kids addicted to it, they want to get them into it. And then, you know, what's next? What's next? What's next? And let's start them now. And they have your marketing toward them all. I mean, that's where a lot of this stuff's got to start as well. Right. You guys got to counter all that. And I, God bless you for doing it. Let's talk about this. What happens? You talk about, you know, mom and dad when they find right. out for these kids. Uh, some great steps here, some great advice here as well. But also, you were saying earlier, you can't really get some of the devices that help them kick the stuff because they're too young. Right. So probably the best thing, first of all, um, 
the Georgia Tobacco Quit Line actually does have resources. It is a free resource. Um, they offer five um, free one-on-one counseling calls. They serve adolescents 13 and up, and that's kind of a little-known fact. I mean, they promote it, but most people think about it as being tobacco, and we've come so far with tobacco in teens, it's just not even really a thought anymore. Um, but what they do also address vaping because it is a nicotine addiction. So that is a really good place to start. Um, we are actually working with the tobacco quit line. Um, every state, well, most states have them. I mean, they're all um, kind of managed by the same parent national company. So we're kind of working with them to come up with some flyers and some pieces of information that can be distributed to adolescents so they will know that, you know, it's kind of a stigma. Oh, that's a tobacco quit line. I'm not going to call that. It, it Call it. It's a good place to start. Um, Truth Initiative is another group that has done some really great youth advocacy work over the years. Um, they also work with young adults. So I don't want parents to be scared. If you go check out Truth Initiative's page, I mean, they have some things that are a little edgy um, that are really geared more for your 21 to 30-year-old. Um, however, they do have a lot of great resources for adolescents as well. And they have a new program called This Is Quitting. Um, is kind of the first of its kind. They rolled it out in January and is a text messaging service. Um, they have them for um, the adolescent, um, the student vaping, the teen vapor. Um, and then they also have um, one that is for parents. So parents can get updated messages daily about how to help their teen, how to support their teen. So I really want to um, kind of give um, that information out for both of those. Um, the Georgia Tobacco Quit Line, um, ages 13 and up can call. Um, it's one 877 270-STOP. Um, and that's just a great um, first place to go to get those resources. Um, if you are an adult and you want to quit vaping, they also provide nicotine replacement. Um, um, and you can give that a try. Um, the Truth Initiative, this is quitting program. Um, parents can text QUIT to 702-222-QUIT and choose the parent option. Um, and students and teens can text Ditch Jewel, and that's D I T C H J U U L, to 88709. So those are two really great places to start. Um, and as we mentioned before, um, the gums, the patches, all of those are not accessible to students um, and adolescents under 18 years of age. Um, and we are somewhat concerned that there's just not enough nicotine in them anyway to, to be effective. So it's definitely a conversation. Um, I'm hoping that the science will catch up with this epidemic fast because um, it's, it's definitely needed. One thing we learned about is kind of a couple of closing questions here. Um, I know with tobacco in particular, you and some of your colleagues, I know Ann Hookover at Redmond and others mm -hmm. have said, not if, but when you stop smoking, the benefits are almost immediate. They are. Each each couple of you know milestone dates, whatever it is, you see recovery, this kind of stuff. What about this? You get out of vaping, if you get out the vape, I mean, is there is there a same recovery track? Um that I do not know. It may be too premature. You may not know yet. That's the thing, is it is a little premature for that. Um and I think because um again the aerosols are are landing in the lungs i mean i'm sure it's going to be similar to the tar found in cigarettes as to kind of how that starts to you know your um the cilia in your lungs start to kind of recover from that and your body seems to kind of self-clean itself from, from that so um it is a little too early to tell um again the nicotine levels are so high um we're, we're not really seeing the no, the flip side of that yet 
Yeah. That's where some of the research needs to go to mm-hmm. as well. Most important question is this. If people have more questions for you, you have a lot of phone numbers here, a lot of great information here. Your mom and dad, your kid, your teacher, you're an educator. You want to help stop this stuff. How can they get a hold of you? Sure. They can give us a call at 706-291-9809. Um, they can vi- visit us on the web at www.northwestgeorgiacancer.org um, to contact us that way. Um, we're also working, again, like I said, with the school systems to get some education in place, as well as some cessation centers. Um, we've got some resources and different things, talking points for school counselors, school nurses to be able to discuss things with students and help point them in the right direction. So um, that's that's what we're doing. That's a great job, Aaron. Thank you so much again, Thank folks. You. This is not this is not kind of like get on the bandwagon. Aaron, you've been talking about this for years, and now you are seeing the very thing you were afraid of. Thank you for being so sound the alarm early. Thank you for the updates as well. We'll talk about this, I'm sure, in the future as well. I want to thank you for your time today. Thank Todd, as always, expert production of the podcast here. We'll be back with more. Don't forget our daily uh, newscast every day between 7 and 8 a.m. You can get today's headlines, plus maybe a rant or two available on the newscast on all weekdays. Of course, more podcasts as well. This is John Rucker-Miller saying have a great day in Northwest Georgia.